0: the work of Christ upon the cross. We thank You that You have given us eternal life. That You've given us hope, not just beyond the grave, but hope that is lived out in this life. So Father, may we realize this. And in realizing this hope, Lord, may we be unashamed for the Gospel of Jesus Christ. We pray this in His name. Amen. And so, one of the things that um, we have this weekend is we have a theme verse. If we have a theme, being unashamed, we have a verse that uh, we want you to walk away with. I don't know if this had anything to do with your scavenger hunt, but Philippians one twenty is our verse for the weekend. So, uh, upon each session, when we come together, tonight our first main session really is our launch, and then... Tomorrow morning, and then ultimately tomorrow evening, we're going to say this verse together. I want this to stick. I want this verse to be on the inside of your eyelids when you go to sleep. And I want it to be the thought on your mind when you wake up. And so together, let's read our verse from Philippians 1.20. Follow along with me and let's say it together. As it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed but that with full courage now as always Christ will be honored in my body whether by life or by death Philippians 1:20 If you have your bibles open to Romans chapter 1 Romans chapter 1 verse verses 16 and 17 With a youth retreat like we have, the theme that we have of this weekend, being unashamed, this is the passage that we need to start with. This is the launching pad for the weekend. When we think about being ashamed, ashamed of the Gospel, ashamed of Christ, I'm certain that you and I can both think of many reasons why we could be ashamed. One of the greatest reasons I think many people are ashamed, not to exclude any of us in this room, is fear. Is it not? Fear. What will my friends think? What would others think about me if they knew I was a Christian? What would others think about me? And how would they react to me if I shared the Gospel with them? And oftentimes, fear results in silence. It's not just fear being a reason for why we can be ashamed. Uncertainty is another reason why many people would be ashamed. Uncertainty? The question of how can I have confidence and boldness If I'm not really certain that I know exactly what I believe, this uncertainty of belief can result in being ashamed, lacking confidence and boldness in the gospel. Yet another reason why we can be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ is a desire to be accepted, a desire to be accepted the thought might be something like this. If I am bold, I will be left out. I will be looked at as that boring person or a boring Christian. Or they might think that I'm that narrow-minded person who hates people that don't believe exactly what I believe. So for a desire to be accepted by a larger crowd, we can be ashamed to be bold and confident for truth. Another reason why we can be ashamed of the gospel is because we just don't want to cause trouble. What happened to Jesus? took three years of boldly proclaiming the gospel. And what happened to Him? They killed Him. They crucified Him. We don't want to cause trouble. Sharing the gospel offends people. You don't have to be offensive. The message does it. And so, for a desire to take the path of least resistance, a desire to live a life of no conflict, a desire to live a life of non-confrontation, we can shrink back and be ashamed. Here's one. The message is just plain crazy. Think about it for a minute. The message of the gospel, Paul even said it, is foolishness to many. We can be ashamed because of the message. And what is this message? What is the message of the gospel? A crucified Jew 2,000 years ago hung on a Roman cross and died for the sins of his people. And I am going to bank all of my eternity. I'm going to put all of my faith, all of my trust in this one solitary life that this crucified Jew who said he was God died on a Roman cross and allegedly he rose from the dead. Think about this. We say that God comes out of heaven, takes on the form of mankind through an incarnation of a virgin birth, A virgin gives birth to a son named Jesus, lives a perfect sinless life in full obedience to God the Father, loving the Lord his God with all his heart, soul, mind, and strength, never sinning in his thoughts, deeds, actions, attitudes, and dies on a cross, satisfying the wrath of God against sin, creating a pardon for all who will believe. Friends, this is absurd. This is actually an absurd message. Why so many people? And this is why so many people will reject it. And so we can look at this and think, well, that does sound crazy. Friends, it is so out of this world. This is a message that only could be conceived and brought forth in the mind of God. Nobody in a million lifetimes would come up with something like this. It is so unbelievable that I believe it. No human mind, if they want to create a religion, if they want to make a message that is acceptable to the masses, they don't come up with this. It is offensive because it puts everybody in the same boat, sinners, in need of a Savior. These are reasons why we can be ashamed of this message. So the purpose of this weekend is to be unashamed of this message. It is to be unashamed and to live with confidence and boldness for this message. Friends, it is so unbelievable that we must believe it. And so with that, look at Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. Two verses, just two verses to launch us for the weekend. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. This is the reading of the word of God. I want to give you two reasons why you should not be ashamed. And these are the two reasons that Paul gives us here in these two verses. Why we should not be ashamed of the gospel. When you think about the book of Romans, it is Paul's masterpiece of his writing. It is is his great uh, mountaintop of theology. Well, if you were to take all of Romans and you were to distill the book of Romans down into the, the most simplest fashion and form, verses 16 and 17 is a summary of the whole book. Paul will say these things, this is his main idea, and then he would spend the next 16 chapters breaking out what he says here. And so the summary of Romans, the whole book of Romans, verses 16 and 17. And so, like I said, I want to give you two reasons tonight, simply two reasons to not be ashamed of the gospel. And the first, because of what it is. Because what it is. Notice here what Paul says in verse 16. He says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. This is the great apostle Paul. The greatest Christian that ever lived. And he has to say it. And we will notice over the weekend. He says this multiple times to multiple people in multiple places. He says it to the Philippians. He says it to Timothy. He says it to the Romans. Why? Because he needs to be reminding people. Because it's not just super Christians who aren't ashamed who can struggle with this, we all will struggle at different times in our life. And so Paul says, I am not ashamed, and here's why. Because what it is, he says, the gospel, for it is, here it is, the power of God. It's the power of God. What does this mean? It means that the message is more than a story for little children and old people. It is much more than a story for kids to entertain or a religion for old people to cling to after they've done their, their running around and having fun in life. No, when we think about the power of God in the gospel, God's power is, is displayed. Most importantly, we see it in the raising of Jesus, but also in the raising of humans. The power of God through the gospel brings life To the dead. Wherever the gospel is proclaimed, the message of Jesus Christ is proclaimed, a supernatural work is going on in that moment. God raises the dead through the proclamation and the sharing of his gospel. Over in Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26, God says this. He says, and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. When people hear the gospel, they're convicted of their sin. They see their need for Jesus. They see the beauty of Christ. They lay hold of Christ by faith. They believe and repent and believe in that God is taking a heart of stone And replacing it with a heart of flesh. Taking the heart that we all have been born with in our sinfulness. And God is replacing that with a new heart. In John chapter 3, we call that being born again. Being born again through the proclamation of the gospel received. It is the power of God. God has been changing and converting people through the proclamation of the gospel for the last 2,000 years. Actually, we could go all the way back to the beginning of time. Because he's been doing it and he did it with Adam and Eve when the seed of the woman would crush the serpent's head. So understand this. What the gospel is, it is the power of God. We are to not be ashamed. There's no more powerful or greater message. Notice here also what Paul says. From what it is to what it does. What does the gospel do? And I've already said it. He says it here. It is for salvation. This isn't a message to live a better life. This isn't a message of add Jesus and your life gets better. This is the message of life and death. This is salvation in this life and the life to come and for eternity. Back in 2020, May of 2020, we had an incident at our house where we, we had a, a cesspool out in the In the backyard, and the lid had been had come off of the cesspool and so there's there 's this big funnel like well that would just go down twenty thirty feet and it, and it 's a big funnel like this and um, you know about this wide, if you know what i 'm talking about, you have these big manhole lids that go over them well the, it had been broken, and uh, the kids were outside playing, and we had it covered up well something happened it got uncovered and hazel she 's two years old at the time um, She's, she's walking around the backyard and falls into the cesspool, um, completely immersed, submerged. Caitlin was inside. Uh, someone was outside watching the kids, didn't know that there was a hole there. And Hazel is, is, is beginning to, to sink down into the cesspool. And Caitlin comes running out. Uh, running outside I wasn't home but I had come home just after just right after it happened and as Caitlin's running outside she knows what's happening she looks over the cesspool and all she sees is just a little hand sticking up she, she is completely submerged in, her, in the. and you know what a cesspool is, right? That's when you flush the toilet and you wonder where all that stuff goes. It goes into this big tank, and it sits there, and it decomposes. And so it is the nastiest. It is one of the nastiest things. You don't ever want to go swimming in a cesspool. It is, it is, it is your own waste that gets put into a tank. And Hazel is completely immersed, this two-year-old, and she can't do anything for herself. In a matter of just uh, seconds, maybe maybe a minute, she she would she would have probably died. She would the way that the way the, 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 way the t- uh, tunnel is is that her little body would have gotten so far down that even Caitlin diving into the cesspool wouldn't have been able to reach her. But by God's grace, Caitlin is able to without hesitation. She reaches over and just sticks her hand. She doesn't hesitate and think this is nasty. No, because in that moment you're not thinking about all of the human waste that's sitting there. You see there's a human being in there that you must rescue. Hazel couldn't rescue herself. She's drowning in her own waste. And when I think about this story, it is a story of rescue. It is a story of a mother's love for her child, that she would reach down into the cesspool of her own waste to pull out one of her own. And we think about the gospel, the gospel of salvation. This is a picture of the life that we live. You think about it. When we talk about living in sin, we are dead in our trespasses and sins. We are living in a cesspool of our own iniquity that we have just heaped upon ourselves from our own sin and Jesus, when he becomes a man, he invades that cesspool. He dives in head first to rescue you out of your own sin, to raise you up, to save you, to give you new life. And when he rescues us and has rescued us out of our own filth, it's for eternity. And friends, you know people in your life that are still swimming in their own cesspools. Their own cesspools of sin. And it's because they don't know anything else. They know nothing else, so they remain there. They have not breathed the fresh air of life that you have. If you know Jesus Christ, you've been rescued. You've taken in that fresh air You know what it's like to have the burden lifted, to have the filth removed, to have your chains broken and your chains free, that you can walk in newness of life, that you know that there's no fear in death and there's no guilt in life. But these people in your life, they do not know this. They do not know that there is a beautiful world and a beautiful life that God has given us to enjoy. They need us. These people, your friends, maybe it's your family, maybe it's your neighbor, they need you to bring this life-changing message to them. If you saw somebody drowning in a cesspool, would you be ashamed to go help them? This is the message. This is the gospel for salvation. Show them that there's more to life than living in this sinfulness. And so that's the next part here. Look, verse 6. What it does, it is the gospel of salvation. It saves people, it rescues people. Who is it for? Who is the gospel for? It is the power of God for salvation. Look at, the, look at it. Tell me, who's it for? Just for pastors? just for people that are cleaning themselves up, just for people born in the church, just for the elite. What does Paul say? I can give you the answers or you can look at your Bible and see the answer. It is salvation to who? What's that word? Someone tell me the word. It, well, just don't guess. Read it. To Before that, before that, to everyone. Yes, this message is to everyone. Look at you, starting over here, and I would look all the way. You are all different. You are all different ages, stages, sizes, colors, temperaments, personalities. There's a pretty good diversity here. The gospel is for you. The gospel is for everyone who Believes, sinners, I qualify. Religious people, the broken, the rejected, the rich, the poor, the young, the old. It is for everyone who believes. So, do not be ashamed. Do not be ashamed because the gospel is all powerful, it is life giving, it is a sinner rescuing message. For all people how do we receive this gospel here's the second reason to not be ashamed because how it is received verse 17 paul says for in it the righteousness of god is revealed from faith for faith as it is written the righteous shall live by faith let me break down and summarize simply what paul is saying here the gospel is to be received by faith Paul is saying it is received by faith. When he says from faith, for faith, what he's saying here is that from start to finish, the gospel is received and lived on by faith. Think of train tracks as you would stand on a... You're not supposed to stand on railroad tracks, but if you stand beside railroad tracks and you would look at those parallel tracks, one side is faith, And the other side is living unashamed. And we must understand that as we live by faith, faith and living unashamed, as they are parallel rails on the tracks, they run together. As we are living by faith, as our faith is increased, so will be our boldness. Oftentimes, we live ashamed because our faith is weak. Understand this, though. We are saved through grace alone. And it is by faith. Alone as the gospel is received. So, from faith is the beginning, and for faith, as it says here, or to faith is the end. Ultimately, this what Paul is saying here is you are saved by faith, and it doesn't mean that you will continually be saved by works after. It's all of faith through grace. You remain, and we remain by faith. So, let me ask you, where is your faith tonight? Faith, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. Where are you placing your faith tonight? Have you received this gospel by faith? Are you trusting in the promises of God? Are you trusting that God's Word is true? Are you trusting that what God says about you is true? Are you trusting that God's provision for you is enough? Are you living unashamed of the Gospel? Maybe you're struggling with your faith. And as a result, you're feeling a bit ashamed. Friend, let me tell you something. Something. We've all been there. We've all been there. You know, the big taboo, especially in churches and youth groups, is to let anybody know that you struggle. To let anybody know that you're not the super Christian you project yourself to be. None of you are, okay? So we can just clear that right now. And that includes me. So letting people know that I might be struggling with my faith Maybe you've got it all in your mind. But it hasn't made its way to your heart. That we know a lot because we've sat through church. But that faith hasn't taken root. You don't need to try harder to become bolder. To try to be unashamed. What you need is faith. What you need is saving faith. And you must know, you must believe, and you must trust in Jesus Christ. You've seen the power of God displayed in the lives of many people around you. You might have seen it in your parents. You might have seen it in your peers. And you think that they got something. And you think, well, what about me? God's invitation is for you. Jesus says, come to me. God grants faith. The gospel is the power of God for salvation to, who, to everyone who believes. That's you. So what must you do? Like I said, Romans 1, 16 and 17 is just the summary of all of Romans. Paul would unpack this just a little bit further in chapter 10. And he says in chapter 10, the word is near you. In your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. What I'm talking about is the gospel. And he says, Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified. This means declared not guilty before a holy God. And with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, Everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Call out to God in faith if you have not. For others here this weekend, maybe this time is exactly what you need. A reminder. You're saved. You've you've trusted in Christ. You have lived a life of faith, but maybe you're in a state of Difficulties and trials and you just need the reset button pressed to be reminded of the things that really matter. And you need to stop, pause and think about living a life unashamed for Christ. So two reasons that I hope will be of benefit to you this weekend and for a long time to come. We should not be ashamed because the gospel is the power of God. It is a life-giving message of salvation for all who believe. And because if we are living by faith, we have received this gospel by faith, we are not to be ashamed of that faith. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. We pray that you would convict us, conform us into the likeness of Jesus. Pray that you would bless the rest of this evening and the weekend ahead of us that Jesus Christ would be glorified and magnified. We pray this in his name. Amen.